Have you ever asked yourself, what's the best way I can contribute to sci-fi and fantasy in the literary world? If you have, the answer is simple. You just have to be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt and host the Sword and Laser podcast. If for some reason you can't be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt, however, don't despair. All is not lost. You can still head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser and help fund their hard work. Every cent you give adds more swords and more lasers to their growing arsenal of speculative literary goodness. That's patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. But the most important thing we do is tell you what we've been nomming. What are we nomming? What's on the the not? What are we sticking in our mouths? Mm. Mm -hmm. To eat. That sounds appetizing. Yep. What's up with you, Tom? What are you nomming? I have been nomming on a barbecue bacon and cheese chicken sandwich. Ooh, is that one of your recipes from your it's oven? A, it's a Tavala meal, yeah. And so you you take the chicken breast and you put the barbecue sauce on and then you sprinkle that with uh, chopped up bacon and cheese. You cook that and then you put it on a bun and eat it like a sandwich. That sounds nice. It was good. I had tonight, I made um, black bean tofu and brassicas. What is brassicas? You know, like, um, it's just like, (laughs) it's a lot, it's, it's like broccoli and cauliflower. (laughs) It's like all those, it's a family of vegetables. It's a a family of vegetables. Yeah, yeah, it's a green it's a green, and this actually wasn't even supposed to be what I was making. This turned into a very different uh, meal than I had initially planned. You were you were going to do something else. Well, why? What happened? Why did you Why did you stop? What What um, changed your plans? Well, thanks for asking, Tom. Um, <laughs> what happened? I you were just going to tell me. I didn't what, realize that. What had happened was. <laughs> so what happened I, was. So, so what had happened was I was um, supposed to be making a recipe from the New York Times cooking service, which was like, and you can look this one up. It was like tofu and a uh, hoisin tahini sauce. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and it was, uh, sounded easy, super simple. You know how those recipes always say like, it's 20 minutes and then it actually takes an hour, like regardless of what is actually happening. But I was like, okay, so this will be an hour. But then I started looking for all the ingredients and I realized that I didn't have Brussels sprouts. Oh, the, the, the vegetable was supposed to be Brussels sprouts. I didn't have Brussels sprouts. I didn't have hoisin and I did not have tahini. Mm. So it turned into, (laughs) I did have the tofu. One out of four ain't bad. (laughs) So I happened to have some black bean sauce in my fridge. And so that's, and a bunch of leftover brassicas. So that's what happened. I'll be honest. You, you, uh, you underplayed this. Uh, it sounds pretty deep, pretty darn good. Even though it's simple, simple can be good. The kid likes the black bean sauce a lot. So this was, it turned into like a, like a exposing him to new flavors Uh to like giving him something I know he likes. Um, so that worked out in, in my favor in that way as well. And he did eat some of the broccoli. The salty salty. Yeah. But we did accidentally, my husband thought it would be a really great idea to give him a tiny sample of the chili oil. Yeah. And that 
went as I anticipated, mm. which was horribly. <laughs> crying. Was there crying? Oh, just yeah. crying yeah. and just like snot. Why would and, you like, do that to me? Frothing, like spit at the mouth. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was yeah. a gnarly scene. Yeah, yeah, he was, he, the look of pure, like, how dare you? <laughs> how <laughs> Why? dare you? Why would you ever think that was okay? Yeah. So uh, no. You know, I my dad, uh, he worked on uh taco sauce. Uh and he worked on a lot of things in his food science career, but he worked on on taco sauce. And I remember him getting me to eat hot sauce and not crying. Yeah. But I wonder how many times I forgot <laughs> before he yeah, did you before know what it I mean? actually works. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people I think are gonna say, Veronica, why are you child abusing? Um, by giving, when I tell you it was the most microscopic dot. Doesn't take a lot, like does it? Like basically yeah. what you would get dipping a toothpick in yeah. the oil and placing it on your tongue. <laughs> and, you know, I I like stuff that's so hot, like my, I'm not going to say that on the show. Sure. But let's just, let's but just. you can imagine. Uh, yeah. You can imagine. Like I really like to go like scorched, scorched mm-hmm. earth style. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess, you know, we're just trying to build up a tiny, a tiny speck, a tiny speck of tolerance, but it did not go well. I've always liked hot stuff, but I feel like yeah. I like hot stuff even more, maybe as my tongue dies as I get older, but like I've been putting hot sauce on stuff. They used to be like, I liked hot stuff, but there would be days where I'm like, ah, don't, not really in the mood for it today mm-hmm. anymore. It's like, I'm like, Oh, I wonder if I could, you know, put Cholula in, in this ice cream or like, it's not, oh, quite, yeah. not quite that bad, but, but like, I'm just like wanting to put hot sauce on everything. Yeah. I, I definitely like to hurt myself. Um, it's, it's been a thing for most of my adult life. Um, yeah. J, JKB says we should go on hot ones. Um, I would love the challenge. I think it's pretty impressive. I'd be curious We're what not my... famous enough for that show, but I would love to test out some of I'm their curious hot what my limit is. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, like, I, I could eat the hottest thing ever. I know I can't, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm think my limit has risen. In fact, the next time I go get Dan Dan noodles, I might up my number one and see how it goes. Yeah. Cause it, I don't yeah. know if people know the Dan Dan noodle place, you ask one through 10 for, for spiciness. Mm-hmm. And usually like a one or a two is what most, mm-hmm. most people can handle. Mm-hmm. I get a three. That's like, Oh, people who like hot sauce, you know, people who like hot things, three, maybe a four and you go above that. Then you're in pain. Um, yeah. But there if are people you basically who basically cannot, I, yeah, well, we could have a whole show about this. That would be fun. I love, yeah. I love talking uh, on about our it. new, new show, sword and Dan, Dan noodles <laughs> coming soon. Oh, I think, I think I have Jan. I think I have tried Da Bomb Beyond Insanity once. I think I have tried that. I have actually tested samples of hot sauce in hot sauce stores that made me run out of the store. And one time I ran to a Johnny Rockets and I begged them for a bun that I could just shove into my face and they gave it to me. Wow. That's how hot it was. Like I couldn't, like almost couldn't breathe. (laughs) That's a hot, hot sauce. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yes, look for our spinoffs show, uh, Chopsticks and Noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Let's jump into the quick burns. Ah, uh, yes. The March burns tournament so good. has reached the semifinals. 
In the sword finale, the City of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty is facing off against Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. The laser final is Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky against The Terraformers by Annalee Newitz. The winner of each of those pairings will face off in the finale to become the April book pick. However, there are no losers because you get 16 new picks to choose from. Uh, You get the fun of voting for your favorites. Everybody gets to do little like predictions, see how their brackets go. And in the end, uh, we end up reading a really good book because I'll be honest, any of these four win and I'm, I'm pleased. There's, there's never anything I'm dreading, but I'm excited about all four of these. I've been wanting to read City of Brass for a long time. We love Annalie Mm. Newitz. Children of Time's been on the list forever. Legends and Lattes is like getting all the nominations the for new awards. hotness. Yeah. yeah. So these these are these are all four great ones. I I will say, and I'm I'm not gonna say which one it was because I don't want to skew the vote in any way. Um one of these I I kind of off the cuff bought on Audible a couple days ago, like knowing that it was in the top for like in the brackets, but not knowing where it was. So now I'm like, Ooh, this one might actually win. And I've already got it on audible. Nice. Another one I've already read and loved. Um, I won't say that one either though. I've talked about it on the show before and yeah. And thrilled about the other two as well. So I'm, I'm excited. This is uh, gearing up to be a great competition. I'd say we're close to two thirds of the votes in, uh, mm-hmm. of the, of the normal amount of votes we, we tend to get. Uh, one of these is separated by two votes. <laughs> the other is a dead tie. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. This is going to go down to the wire. Is it going to be us that have to pick at the I end mean, again? Yeah. So, so if anybody doesn't know, it's only happened once where we had to break a tie. Uh, but if at the end of the vote, uh, it, it looks like it might end up in a tie. Veronica and I will cast our vote. Um, <laughs> we'll cast one vote, our single vote, <laughs> so that we don't cancel each other out and leave it a tie. Uh, <laughs> we will come to a conclusion and cast the vote. I really hope we don't have to do that on the finale. Uh, I hope we don't have to do it at all. But yeah, it's looking like it's looking like it could be possible we'd have to do it on both of them. How, how oh my goodness! Gets. So Ooh, exciting! Yeah, yeah. No, it's super exciting. I love it when it's close like this. This will continue through March fourteenth. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. This will continue through March 14th. March 14th, we'll take the winners of these two semifinals, pit them off for one last week, and then you'll see the winner at the very end of that week. We are not doing Sword and Laser on the normal day, though, because I'm traveling. It's all my fault. So a week after the the finale is when we'll do the Sword and Laser to talk about it. So if you Mm -hmm. are someone who only listens to the show... You won't hear the winner until that episode, which will be March 29th. So you'd normally expect one on March 22nd. It'll be March 29th. Or you can go into the Discord, go to swordandlaser.com, go to, go to website, Goodreads, yeah, yeah uh, whatever, and, and find out what it is there. If you're a patron, we'll, we'll announce, uh, you know, we'll do a book briefing on the winner and all that. So, uh, yeah, really exciting stuff. Fantastic. 
All right. Well, Seth and Kenley both posted the shortlists for the LA Book Times uh, book prizes are announced here. Uh, This includes their Ray Bradbury Prize for Science Fiction Fantasy, and those nominees are Sarah Grand, The Book of the Most Precious Substance, Nicola Griffith, Sphere, 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 S-P-E-A-R, not Sphere. Uh, Sorry. Alex Jennings, The Ballad of Perilous Graves, Ray Naylor, the Mountain in the Sea, a novel, and George Saunders' Liberation Day stories. Mm, good stuff. Love uh, love the Bradbury Prize. We've got a couple other uh, award nominee announcements coming up uh, in a minute. Uh, also, in the next few years, you may be watching a new Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, new Line Cinema leaders Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi have brokered a deal to make, quote-unquote, multiple films. Peter Jackson and Lord of the Rings co-producer Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens said that Warner Brothers and Embracer, which owns the rights to the books, have kept us in the loop every step of the way, so Peter Jackson is aware and on board. Uh, the two said in a statement, we look forward to speaking with them further to hear their vision for the franchise moving forward. Variety also noted that DeLuca and Abdi left MGM last year after Amazon acquired it. Which is interesting Hmm. because Amazon, of course, is making the Lord of the Ring TV shows. Uh, And thank you to Jan for pointing this out in the quick burns. So, okay. This is a lot of information. Okay, so studio leads for New Line, Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi. Have brokered the deal with Embracer. Have brokered a deal to make multiple films to make multiple Lord of the Rings films and Peter Jackson and his co-producers from the original Lord of the Rings films are being kept in the loop. Okay. But what is the, but then they, so, and they had left MGM last year after Amazon acquired it. DeLuca and Abdi. Right. (laughs) They're really making me feel like I did not explain this well. No, it's just a lot of words and names and I'm just trying to understand the problem. There's no problem. There's no problem. Yeah. DeLuca and Abdi are the folks who brokered the deal. They're working for New Line Cinema, which is owned by Warner Brothers, and they left MGM last year after Amazon acquired it. Okay, which is weird which is because just Amazon... Interesting. It's just, just interesting. interesting. So okay. is it that they were like, ooh, we love this Lord of the Rings stuff. Let's go over to New Line. And Amazon was like, yeah, great. Loop us in when you get there. Or was it like, uh, we hate what they're doing in the Lord of the Rings. Let's go to a place that actually has the full rights. Right. You know, we don't know. Yeah. yeah. We don't know. Okay. Interesting. John Taloni says a newly rediscovered trove of Terry Pratchett's stories. It's on its way to publication. And this news comes courtesy of Gail Carriker's Twitter feed. Hey, so th- excellent. That's This is pretty, pretty neat. That's pretty exciting. And uh, these stories were written under a pseudonym, uh, and they're going to be published later this year. And uh, it's the 20 tales uh, in a story collection called A Stroke of the Pen, The Lost Stories, um, which were written by Pratchett in the 1970s and 80s for a regional newspaper, mostly under the pseudonym Patrick Kearns. Hmm. Yeah. Fun. And so they were, uh, they had never been attributed to Pratchett. Um, and it's, uh, it was bought, the collection was bought by Pratchett's longtime publisher, Transworld, uh, for a six figure sum. So someone knew who, <laughs> that was him. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a complete so secret. These aren't, these aren't never before published. These are just ones that people kind of forgot were out there. Sounds like. It's like, they're going to be republished now under yeah, Pratchett's yeah. name, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. 
Uh, Mark wrote that Orbit Books announced more Fonda Lee coming your way. Orbit will publish a new science fiction duology from the award-winning author of Jade City, Uh, but these will not be in the Jade trilogy. These are science fiction. Uh, Here's the quote. Inspired by samurai movies and Fonda's former business career, The Last Contract of Isako is a searing space opera like no other that takes aim squarely at late-stage capitalism. Get ready to meet an aging contractor, Ithma Isako, whose final mission thrusts her deep into a world of espionage and sword fights on an isolated colony planet. All right. I now like listen, it. I know that you're the one who met Fonda Lee. I've never met Fonda Lee, but I feel like she did this just for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know she didn't, but I'm like, I love Fonda, I love Fonda Lee. I love the Jade City. And I'm like, gosh, if she wasn't going to do more in the Jade trilogy, I'd love to see what she would do in space with a space opera. And here it is. Like, it's it's perfect. I'm very And you know what else this. you love? Scathing criticisms of late stage capitalism. You know, they, uh, sometimes if they're done well, which I imagine they will be. So how did you not meet her? You were with me in Ireland. I know. And I saw her in the in the lobby and uh, and I was like, oh, I want to go meet her. And then we had to go do something else. And oh. then I, and didn't I went see to the her. lobby. Then you were in the lobby without me one at some point and met her. Scalzi. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and and Veronica Roth, weirdly. <laughs> and I have my my uh, no peak clan sticker that she gave you to give to me. Oh, <laughs> I'm a good friend. (laughs) You are a good friend. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) Yeah, that was an interesting night. I was very uh, intimidated meeting Veronica Roth, but uh, I have since done a few um, projects with her since then, and she's been lovely and just a really nice person. Oh, that's that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. I was intimidated. I don't know why. This is really funny. Yeah, why? She was dressed so nice. Uh, uh Uh-huh. She was wearing like an all white suit. Her hair was like really like it's like really cool bun. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, she's cool. Like she looks so cool and professional yeah. and pretty. And I was like, oh, and I, and I was I was probably wearing like a, a North Face jacket yeah, and like coming jacket. in from the Ireland yeah. rain. Right. Like, I am a hobbit. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm the other. I think I probably made some joke like, ha ha, I have that Veronica and you don't. I get all your messages meant for you because you're famous. <laughs> That's probably what I said. You spoke in Gollum voice. I was said. super cool about it, I'm sure. <laughs> you probably were a lot cooler than you remember. I don't know. It's, it's dubious. Um, anyway, that's just a collection of, of thoughts from inside my brain. Uh, we should uh, we should next? we should go back to Worldcon again one of these days. We will. Uh, Ruth said that, or pointed out rather, that season two of Shadow and Bone, based on the Grishaverse books by Lee Bardugo, will drop to Netflix March sixteenth. Uh, trailer is out, so you can watch season two. It's been a I minute. I don't have Netflix anymore. You, you say that as if it was impossible for you to get Netflix somehow, like <laughs> like it doesn't come to your area. Like you could just subscribe. I know. <laughs> I know. You don't even I have should... to get the expensive plan. You can just watch stuff on your phone at 1080. Really? How much yeah. is that? I don't know. It's like seven ninety nine. Oh, Might be different right. in Canada. Well, I'm not sure. I'll think about it. I use everything on VPN, so I just oh, pretend well, yeah. I'm still watching TV in the United States. There you go. Yeah. Okay. 
Ah, uh, Trike says, uh, Gene Wolfe has two collections coming out this year. The Wolf at the Door from Tor. And that's Wolf with an E, like his name. Oh, clever. And The Dead Man and Other Horror Stories from Subterranean. Excellent. Past pick, Gene Wolfe. Uh, Mark and Trike uh, both pointed out that Travis Baldry tweeted a cover reveal for the follow-up uh, to, uh, I'm going to get the name wrong if I try to do it from memory. Uh, it's, uh, legends and lattes. I wanted to say lattes and, and something else. And I wasn't sure what the something else was legends and lattes, uh, follow up. Uh, the cover reveal is out. You can take a look at that. It's called bookshops and bone dust up for pre-order launches November 7th from tour books and UK tour. Um, and Ember wick art returned with another amazing piece of artwork, Artwork, artwork. Uh, so take a look at that. We'll have a link to the Travis Baldry post in the show notes. Sorry, they're posting pictures now of Veronica Roth in the Discord, and I'm like, yeah, I told you, she's really good looking, <laughs> and she looks they great. Found, in white. They found pictures of her wearing white. Is that the the, outf- the actual outfit? That's for- not the outfit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe it could be the same jacket. Interesting. Because you could re-wear that jacket, but yeah. Anyway, um, all right, I'm going to stop fangirling. Anyway, cover now. reveal, bookshops and bone dust. So Sweet. if, if Baldry wins the tournament, we'll be reading the book one, and then you can go right into book two, November 7th. Nice. Trike is really stepping up this week. Lots of quick burns. Uh, Trike and Scott both said, Book Invasion, a poster and trailer came out for Silo, based on the Hugh Howey novel uh, from Wool Omnibus, uh, coming out on Apple TV on May 5th. Yeah, this is this would be like if they named the Game of Thrones show Song of Ice and Fire. They've named the show Silo instead of Wool, which makes right. sense because the series is the Silo series. And the Wool Omnibus is the Silo series. They've they've call it that as well. Uh, and Silo is a better name for a TV show when you don't know what it's about than Wool, where everybody thinks it's going to be about sheep farmers or something. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Silo, <laughs> in the context of what actually happens yeah. in the book, is a lot more clear. And the trailer looks looks like it. I'm like, yep, that looks pretty close to what I was thinking when I was reading that book. So I'm excited for this one. I haven't actually seen the trailer yet. I'm going to have to watch that. I do mm-hmm. have, I'll have to get Apple TV too, but yeah, I'm scrolling through and yes, that's what it looks like in my brain. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, okay. So a couple other of the nominees for awards here, Jan pointed out the shortlist for the 2022 British science fiction association awards was announced shortlist for best novel is the red scholars wake by Aliette de Bodard stars and bones by Gareth Powell. The This by Adam Roberts, The Coral Bones by E.J. Swift, and City of Last Chances by Adrian Tchaikovsky. The winners will be announced during Conversation in Birmingham, mm. April 7th through the 10th, 2023. Not Jan also says away. the 2022 Nebula Award nominees have been announced. And for Best Novel, we've got Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry, Spear, not Sphere by Nicola Griffith, Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher, Babel by R.F. Kwong, None of the Ninth by Tamsin Mir, and The Mountain in the Sky by Ray Naylor. Okay, I Mountain feel I'm really sea. starting to see, oh, Mountain in the Sea. I'm really starting to see a, see a trend mm-hmm. happening here yeah. on these nominee lists. We're getting a lot of repeats. I was looking through this. I'm like, okay, Legends and Lattes could be a pick. Might not be, but it's, you know, it's in the running. Uh, we read Nettle and Bone. Uh, Tamsin Muir and R.F. Kwong, we have read before. Uh, so we wouldn't, we haven't read these books, but we've read them as authors before. So really, as far as 
this goes, if if Legends and Lattes were to win, Spear and the Mountain in the Sea would be the only two ones not with sword and laser connections. Yet. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Exactly. I'm like already going through and adding all of these to my want to read list. Wow. Yeah. Legends and Lattes is definitely, definitely looking like a, uh, like a sword and sorcery type of book, like a D and D vibe. Co- it looks cozy. It looks cozy. I don't know and if it is cozy. The city but it looks of brass cozy. has been a tough contender. City of brass, not, is dope. not for current awards because it's not. You know, it doesn't qualify anymore. But mm-hmm. it was a, it was a nominee and winner many a time in its day. Indeed, yeah. indeed, indeed, it was. Uh, finally, Robert S pointed out that the 2023 Hugo Award nominations are open now through April 30th. Eligible members of either the 2022 Chicago World Con or the 2023 Chengdu World Con can make nominations. And Robert says, favorite sci-fi fantasy podcasts <clears throat> can be nominated in the best fan cast category. I added this illustrious podcast to the Hugo Spreadsheet of Doom, which is an amazing resource for nominating, as well as for finding way too many short stories, novelettes, and even some novellas that can be read or listened to for free. Uh, that's at bit.ly slash Hugo Award 2023. We'll have that link and the link to the HugoAwards.org in the show notes. That's so nice. Thank you for doing that. And yeah, there we are. Yeah, thank you for nominating us, Robert. Very, very cool. Maybe this will be our year. Yeah. <laughs> well, she says. Have to go to China. Ooh. <laughs> I don't the, think I, I can know. go. I don't think I can go to China. Yeah, I don't think you can go. I don't think it would be wise for me to go, I should say. You are persona non grata, yeah, perhaps. Sadly. Podcaster non grata. My, yeah, I don't want. I don't want a situation where you're like not allowed show to is leave banned. or something. <laughs> in just, China? just in case people don't know <laughs> yeah. the situation. Yeah. So, I could be fine. Or you could be trapped in China. <laughs> I mean, I doubt you could get I, there, and they could not let you leave. They could not basically. let me in. Would be they could even not let you likely. in. They could just yeah, be but like, then you would just oh. go hang out in like Hong Kong or something, or like would they even let me there. Oh, yeah, let's go to Singapore. (laughs) I haven't been, I haven't been since the handover. Yeah. Well, you've been since the handover, but not since the change in the security law, I think is the, because the handover happened in 99. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, then I guess the, the big, the security law changed like two years ago. Yeah. 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 The last time I went was like 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anywho. Well. Regardless, thank you for nominating us. Yes, please nominate us anyway. We'd love that. (laughs) All right, folks. Now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Uh, Ruth shared a really great post in the Mm -hmm. thread for the last episode. Uh, I have edited it down for reading here, but do go read the entire thing. There's lots of great info in there. Uh, Ruth said, I'm a slush reader for the BFS award-winning Apex magazine, and we've had a lot of conversation in our Discord about handle-to-handle AI submissions. Mm -hmm. A -hmm. potential flood of submissions would definitely be an issue for us just in terms of dealing with the sheer volume, even if each individual story was obviously bad. It takes time to open the file, take a look, hit the reject button. So if that happens, we might need to resort to closing for submissions as Clark's World has done and then opening again for more restricted periods rather than staying open nearly all year as we currently do. You don't write short fiction for the money. 
You write it because you have something important to say and the skill to say it in a way that is beautiful, compelling, and memorable to read. These AI programs have nothing to say and no skill to say it. They can only regurgitate words from other sources. Even if they improve to the point of making a passable imitation of a skilled human writer, they're never going to come up with anything truly original, surprising, and unique, which is, after all, the point of science fiction. Yes, the robot genre is also ultimately the human genre. Love it. Thank you, Ruth, for that perspective. That's really cool to hear another kind of team that's that could potentially be going through this and, and are thinking about ways to handle that kind of in advance of this situation. As I think a lot of similar magazines, publications, short story collections, all sorts of things. Like same thing could have happened to us if we did another anthology, you know? Yeah. No, the, the point here is, uh, folks, uh, these transformer models, these large language models, like the one that ChatGPT uses, uh, they're, they're good at emulating. They're good at predicting. Uh, they, they do a little more than just regurgitate words from other sources. They're imitating how humans speak in the things that they have been trained on, but they don't think. They don't think at all that Ruth's a hundred percent right They're, They, they have no idea what they're saying. So if they surprise you, they surprise you because they're not working well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't think you were supposed to do that. Uh, I've done, done some interactive game kind of things with these that are pretty fun, but mm-hmm. they're, but they take weird turns, which is what's fun. Weird turns are not always good in fiction unless they're well prepared for and motivated. Right. So yeah, they're just not, they're just not good at the storytelling yet. Maybe someday. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there, there, I mean, even just how far it's come in the past few years is, is pretty astonishing. Yeah. Um, overall. So, you know, things might change, but I think, I think we're, I think we're still safe. (laughs) I think we don't have to worry about the, the chat GPT apocalypse. It's a great tool. If you're a Mm -hmm. writer who wants to meet the memorable creative standard that Ruth is talking about, but it's just a tool for you to use. It's not going to get you there on its own. Right. Calvi says, um, hey, I couldn't join you guys on Discord uh, this week, and I listened last night. I'm making lasagna for dinner today. Thank you, because what's for dinner is the hardest thing ever. And yes, I've even asked ChatGPT, who I call Hux. And also (laughs) from TT over on Discord, I forgot that you both said you were eating lasagna, but my subconscious must have been listening because night before last, I had the urge to make homemade lasagna and it was very, very good. (laughs) Uh, Well, I wonder, since we both had lasagna last week, uh, what people will choose to eat this week since we diverged in our sources. Uh, Let us know know what you've been nomming. Feedback at swordandlaser.com. Or Discord. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who submitted stories and conversations. As always, uh, you can do that over on Discord, as I mentioned, or our forums are at goodreads.com slash sword and laser. We have a thread for quick burns. All right. Well, should we check in, chat about our our book of the month a little bit? This is non-spoilery discussion of Underfortunate Stars by Ren Hutchings. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, Just off the bat, like I wanted to point out something funny that I've been experiencing, which I'm sure maybe other people have noticed as well. And I pinged Tom about this early. <laughs> if you are listening to the audiobook version of this tale, um, they use two narrators and one is clearly a British English narrator and the other is American sounding or Canadian. And, um, I don't want to be mean 
But two things. One, it's pretty jarring to jump between the two accents because in some on the English side, like the characters have a pretty like there's very different level, different types of English, British accents being used for the characters when they're talking. And then they switch over to the same characters and suddenly those characters no longer have that same lilting kind of conversational way of speaking and they go more into a flat English, a flat American accent. That's a little confusing. Also, the British narrator is, I think, a much more skilled audiobook reader, perhaps, than the American reader. And so I'm becoming very distracted by that, what I perceive as a skill difference in reading, even to the point where in terms of like the mixing or like the, the, uh, the loudness of some of the things that that person says versus other things is quite different. And so it becomes like in some parts they're yelling and then they're quiet, but the quiet you can't really hear. Whereas the British person is very level with her like volume. I would say you're making interesting faces. and I'm curious (laughs) what that's about. Um, I did not notice anything about the volume mm-hmm. at all. Like the 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 volume of of both narrators uh is the same for me. I wonder because I also have the same perception as you. So this is not me disagreeing with you. I wonder if mm-hmm. both of us just like one of them better than the other and therefore the other one we're perceiving as not as good of a performance whereas if the entire thing had been done by that person we would never have thought that. Um because it's a very different style. And I like the sort of upbeat style that the British narrator gives, whereas the uh, American sounding narrator gives a very kind of, you know, bro-y, bland California style. It is very bro-y. Which I think is, it's meant to be because if you haven't listened to the audiobook or you haven't listened to the book at all, there's two ships involved and the narrators are ship native, right? When you're on one ship, you get the British narrator. When you're on the other ship, you get the other narrator. And I think that American sounding narrator is supposed to emulate the Jonah's kind of like, you know, chill, cool vibe. And the British narrator is supposed to emulate the sort of like, oh, this is a, you know, a corporate ship that not a, not a, not a battleship, you know? And I, I, I think stylistically that works on paper. I'm with you. It didn't, I definitely preferred one of them over the other. Well, what happens? So I, I actually have gotten further now on the, um, Kindle version than the audiobook. So this is not, um, how do things change when those two ships meet up? Well, yeah. Okay. I, I don't think it's spoilery to say that because it's on the jacket that the ships are going to meet. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's spoilery to say like, hey, people from one ship might end up on the other ship and vice versa. That's weird <laughs> when you're used to hearing Keevan sound one way and then Keevan shows up on another ship and it's like, oh, that's that. That's not what he sounded like over there on the other ship. So it starts to get a little confusing. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I actually got that, got this wrong. Yeah. So the, the, the American voice is more on the galleon and the, cause Keevan's voice is, that's the accent I remember the most. And he, they do him with a, a very like, no, it's the American voice, a, voice when they're on the Jonah. Okay. Then it's the American voice when they're on the Jonah, but 
then maybe I had already gotten to the part where the two ships intertwine. Yes, it's confusing, right? Because he takes on an accent. Yes, exactly. And it's a really good. And and, you're like, And it's written that way too. I like the way he sounds over there. He didn't sound that way over there. He calls people mate in the book. He doesn't have an American way of speaking in the book either. No, I'm with you. And so it's totally, it totally throws me off. But this is, this is, you know, Outside of the bounds this, of how yeah, I this feel has about nothing the book to do itself. with the the actual novel uh, or Ren Hutchings yeah. or anything. This is this is a production choice that I get on paper. I'm not sure it executed for me the way it was intended. Maybe for mm-hmm. some people, they they listen to it and they're like, "No, no, I dig it. Like I can handle the the code switching. It's fine." Yeah. So anyway, not my favorite. Um, but I am enjoying the book. Um, I um I I think it's really. I, I like the characters. I think it's fun. I think the world is interesting. Um, I like the the twists that are happening. Um, so I'm enjoying it. I think this is a great, like, kind of fun sci-fi romp read. I I feel like about this, like, I feel like uh, about, say, something like Poker Face on Peacock, where mm. I'm not surprised almost ever by what's happening but I enjoy the <laughs> yeah. characters enough that uh-huh. I don't care. Like this mm-hmm. is for me, the doorway on this one is definitely not plot. The doorway is character. This is, mm-hmm. this is a very, like you say, very fun, rompy, comfy. Like it's not, I wouldn't call it cozy, but, but it's like, it's not challenging you, but it's also good. And the characters are very well developed. The the huge strength there is the characters for sure. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. I think the for me the doorway is also characters, character driven. Licorice says time cozy. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> I, I think it's got a few more hard edges to, to to call it cozy for me. But it's but yeah, it's not it's not like harsh or or dour or anything. Even though right, it's well, got I think it's we got, got a stakes, title. got stakes. I think I think we got a title for this yeah, okay. this episode. <laughs> uh, it's 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 not like it doesn't have stakes. I don't think I was ever, I've finished with it, by the way. Uh, I don't think I was ever truly surprised. There were a couple of times where I'm like, ooh, they could go this way or that way. I'm not sure which way they're going to go, but they definitely went one of the ways that I thought. Uh, but it was still fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. Great. Well, we had, a, we had one thread about it that I wanted to cover. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually, it doesn't really seem like it's from this book, but it is. So Jan says, uh, so we are reading Under Fortunate Stars this month, but what are we nomming while we are reading? And so he, he includes under the, uh, the subheading of nomming, eating, drinking, consuming, maybe even listening to. Um, I'm not far enough into reading to pick up on food items or drinks that particularly fit the themes in the book, but I would love to read your ideas. What does ChatGPT recommend as a cocktail to accompany this book? The Cosmic Adventure. It's 1.5 ounces of gin, 0.5 ounce of blue curacao, 1 ounce of lime juice, uh, 0.5 ounce of simple syrup, edible glitter, (laughs) Mm. ice, lemon-lime soda, and starfruit slice for garnish. Oh, fill a cocktail. Fruit. Yeah. Fill a cocktail shaker with ice, add gin, all the ingredients to the shaker, shake well for 10 to 15 seconds, and then combine, fill a highball glass with ice, strain the cocktail in, and top with lemon-lime soda. Garnish that with starfruit. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. I would, I, not a bad, maybe we finally figured out what ChatGPT is best <laughs> at. But I feel like if I ask ChatGPT what this book is about, it will give me a nonsense explanation. Totally so I don't won't. really yeah. 
trust that this is pulled from the actual book itself. And oh just- no, it's not. It's not pulled from the book. I, I'm with you there. But it sounds mm-hmm. like a good drink anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like ten ounces of bourbon, five, you know, a half ounce of of curacao. Like, it it all makes sense. This sounds like it would work well together. I like it. I like. I just it need too. to buy some edible glitter. Yeah. So there's some good, um, there's some good other suggestions. There's also apparently they, uh, it seems like if you change it to brandy instead, it makes the chrono cruiser, which is another drink and gr- uh, drink combination. Okay. So yeah, play around, play around. Have yeah. some fun. <laughs> have a, have a good nom. Maybe we can think like what appetizer would be good to go through this book, go through, go with this book also. Yeah, snacky what, snack. What would what kind of snacky snack would you have on the galleon? <sighs> I'm assuming the Jonah would not have anything worth eating. <laughs> Probably like beer nuts on yeah. the Jonah. Beer nuts maybe. on the Jonah, and the galleon would have like some fried mushrooms or something. They'd probably be growing their own yeah. fungus. That's what in I was their, trying to like, think of, food. like something yeah. out of the the, yeah. the bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for all that stuff, all those great ideas. And thank you to all the folks out there who fund our show. We are entirely funded by you, our patrons. Uh, Thanks again to everyone who supports us. If you want to help out, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Absolutely. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can post about us or with us at Twitter, um, at Twitter, on Twitter, or on Instagram, at swordandlaser, as always. That's it. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!